Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. What a week it is. One of the busier weeks in the uh, high school sports calendar, certainly in the winter sports calendar, is uh, all kinds of winter sports playoffs going on around the state of Wisconsin. You have the team wrestling state tournament this weekend. The boys and girls hockey state tournament gets underway today on Thursday. You've got gymnastics state uh, championships happening this week. Boys basketball regional play continues and girls basketball sectionals are here Thursday, tonight, girls sectional semifinals, Saturday, sectional finals with trips to the state tournament on the line around the state of Wisconsin. And that's going to be the focus for our show today. We had a great conversation with Mark Miller earlier this week talking about uh, previewing the, the boys basketball playoffs. For girls basketball, of course, we're going to bring on our girls basketball expert, Norbert Durst, in just a moment to uh, to break down all of the girls' sexual action and take a look back uh, a little bit at the regional play that wrapped up in uh, in girls' hoops last week. But before we do that, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Again, a busy calendar week, a lot going on. Uh, make sure that you're taking in as much of this playoff action as you can. And of course, when you're uh, when you're out of season, you're going to want to gain the athletic advantage of B3 Sciences, BFR Training. See the results of your strength or performance training, exercise, or rehab in less time. Trusted by a growing list of professional teams like the Milwaukee Brewers, Kansas City Chiefs, and U.S. Olympic teams, contact Dr. Ken Otto, B3, BFR Certified Coach, and visit drken.b3sciences.com. Well, let's bring in Mark, uh, excuse me, not Mark Miller today, Norbert Durst, to talk about uh, girls basketball and the sectionals this week. Norb, uh, I know it's a busy time with uh, girls sectionals, getting ready for girls state, the the work that we do uh, supporting the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association and some of the awards. So definitely appreciate you taking some time to, uh, to join us on the WSN podcast and give us all the insights into girls hoops for this time of the year. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, you know, awesome time of the year, but uh, obviously busy, but uh, nothing more exciting than playoff basketball, especially as we get into sectional play. Well, before we look too far ahead, let's take a minute and look back at regional play from last week. You put out uh, a recap of of regionals from last week. Um, we'll, we'll talk about each division. We'll break down, you know, all the, the different games, but just kind of overarching Look back at uh, at regional play. Anything that stood out looking back there? Well, a big win for Grafton. Uh, they knocked off Beaver Dam, and Beaver Dam has reached sectional play every year since 2009. So it's uh, that was a huge win for Grafton, and you know, uh, uh, a showing of you know not necessarily a changing of times necessarily because Beaver Dam still has a a, a pretty good team that uh, could make a nice run next year as well. But you know, it's uh, runs end and you know some of it uh, um, just is what happens in basketball but you definitely have to credit Grafton because they played a great game there on uh, Saturday afternoon a game that I was able to to check out and um, definitely exciting times because anytime you can knock off a team that uh, annually makes the sectional play it's always a big win and some other ones of note uh, um, Wausau West who got a seven seed they knocked off the two seed superior um, you know, Wausau West getting a seven seed, uh, really not that surprising given, given uh, you know, some of the teams in their sectional along with losses, but they did play a good schedule, which included um, games against Hortonville at this a game against Hortonville at the start of the year, and they'll have a chance to play them again uh, tonight. So uh, uh, definitely exciting uh, for this time of the year. Um, another one, another FEA, uh, an FEA team here, Kimberly knocking off Homestead, um, Kimberly, who you know, uh, again, another seven seed here, um, but, you know, they play in a strong league. And when you play uh, the, that level of talent night in and night out, you have a chance to knock off really good teams. And they did it when they knocked off the North Shore champion uh, Homestead Highlanders. Um, so, you know, there, there's some there's some really good talent, uh, obviously, still left in the tournament. Um, really outstanding play that we saw in regional play, including Alexa Keenis from uh Kokona, she dropped 39 points. That was a career high in their win over Menominee Falls. And they play FBA um, team uh, Kimberly tonight. So that, that'll be interesting as they split their contests this season. 
basketball, one of the things that we talked about uh, in our preview and, and talked about with Mark in the boys basketball preview as well was the, the CD. And that was a big topic of conversation before the playoffs got started. I, I think and hope um, most people are just out playing the games right now. They're not worried about seeding anymore, but looking back at the seeding, um, I did not go through and tabulate the results for all of the regional games. Um, but regional finals, which is where you get some pretty tight competition, you know, you're talking um, sometimes a, a two versus a three, which is a very slim margin, a one versus a four, whatever it might be. In regional finals in girls basketball on Saturday, the higher seeded teams went 65 and 15, which is an 81.25 winning percentage. Again, I have not compared that to last year or, or previous years excuse me, when the coaches would do the seating. So I don't know how it compares exactly, but I mean, that seems like a pretty decent number to say, Hey, you know, it, it, it looking at a macro scale, it seems like the computer seating worked. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's what, that's what you want, you know, to get those matchups, especially to happen regional finals and intersectional play. I think uh, the bigger ones probably happened more on the Friday night with some of those sectionals that had, uh, uh, you know, a few head scratchers as far as the top seed or maybe a two seed. But again, those the majority of the issues, I think they're still happening with the seeding. The ones that are glaring, obviously, the two threes are going to happen. Um, but the Milwaukee area teams that that play non WIA teams is still causing problems or, you know, at least uh, uh, elevating some teams uh, seedings. And and that's where, you know, we had a couple 12 seeds win opening round. I think there's a 13, even a 14 seed that won in division five. But yeah, I definitely see that for the most part, the seeds look pretty fair. And, you know, when you match up those teams in regional finals and the top, top the higher seed comes out, I mean, you look at it and say, well, it looks like they did the right job there. All right, let's move on to our look at uh, previewing the sectional matchups. Um, you know, Norb, I'll kind of let you guide how deep you want to go on each game or if you want to just kind of take an overall look at, uh, at each division. But we'll start in Division One. Um, in uh, Sectional One, it's Nina in Eau Claire Memorial, Hortonville in Wausau West. Sectional Two is Germantown versus DSHA. You've got Kokona against Kimberly. Brookfield East in Oregon and Arrowhead and Verona as well in sectional three. Finally, Kettle Moraine versus Kenosha Bradford and Franklin versus Oak Creek in sectional four. Where do we want to go in, in division one? What uh, what matchups, what things do we want to highlight there? You know, uh, well, we, you know, we don't want to talk past games because, you know, there can be upsets, but, you know, a potential uh, a rematch from Nina and Hortonville could be very exciting. Obviously, Eau Claire Memorial just knocked off a very good Hudson team. And Walsall West, a uh, seven seed has, you know, they beat Appleton East. Uh, I believe they were the 10 seed and then came, come back and beat Superior. So they're they're winning good basketball games and, again, play good talent. But um, that the rematch, uh, as uh, those Hortonville and Nina split their regular season meetings, that could be a very good one um, coming up potentially. Um, as we move into sectional two, uh, you know, I, Germantown should should handle uh, DSHA, I believe. You know, it's uh, they played each other twice. Uh, one of the games, I believe, was a blowout. The other one a little bit closer. Um, but that Kakana-Kimberly game could be very exciting. Again, I, I mentioned uh, they split their contest, and uh, uh, this could be a very exciting one. Probably want to see, you know, a, a lot of points from Alexa Kinas if you're Kakana. Um, she's been scoring, and when she scores at a higher rate, uh, there's a good chance for them to come out on top. But Kimberly's been playing good ball, you know, it, out of that FBA that's got four teams in sectional play. So um, that one could go definitely either way, which should really set up an exciting uh, matchup against potentially Germantown in that sectional final. Uh, Division, th uh, excuse me, sectional three. Uh, this is, I believe, one of the deepest, or the deepest one in Division one. When you have the likes of Brookfield East, Arrowhead, and Verona, Verona getting the three seed there, which you know maybe it was a tad surprising, but you know you play the games out, you play in sectional play, so it's uh, neutral site, so it doesn't matter all that much to be honest. But uh, that Arrowhead Verona game tonight should be very exciting. You got a youthful Arrowhead team against a uh, a Verona team that's more of a veteran squad. A lot of those players reached the state tournament a couple of years ago. Um, 
So, you know, that one, uh, you know, could could be very exciting. Uh, Natalie Cusso from, uh, uh, excuse me, Cusso from uh, Arrowhead, um, freshman who's got a number of Division One offers, including Big Ten schools. Uh, she's playing very well for them. Verona just has so much depth and just that veteran leadership that they have, which I think is going to lead them over the top against Arrowhead and really set up a very exciting, uh, a potentially a very exciting uh, a sectional final between Verona and Brookfield East, where Brookfield East, you know, uh, that's a very good team that reached the state tournament last year. Uh, only have a couple losses, one of them being against uh, Nina, the other against a very good Pewaukee team. So um, that one could be uh, a very fun contest to watch. And in sectional four, while, you know, we talked about Kettle Moraine probably having the easiest path to the state tournament this season. Uh, Kenosha Bradford's played, been playing very good ball this year. And, you know, Nevaeh Thomas, uh, uh, she's leader for that team, over 25 points per game. But when you have Grace Groholski, a Miss Basketball finalist, um, you have uh, Braylon Torres. Um, those two at the top, there's, there's not many better uh, uh, duos in the state. Um, um, when you're talking about those two kids for Kettle Moraine. And that third game from Franklin and Oak Creek, you know, it's it, while Oak Creek might be down a bit as, as the past, but, you know, they did get Franklin once this season. Um, so that one should be a very exciting uh, contest. And, you know, as we get into, into the uh, state tournament, we have a chance to see some outstanding players, um, you know, KK Arnold, UConn commit, Miss Basketball finalist, Grace Groholski, Miss Basketball finalist. You got uh, Ali Zabel, uh, UConn commit. So th there is uh, a ton of outstanding individual talent and team talent that we could see at the state tournament. But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves too much here. We got a lot of outstanding basketball still to be had tonight and on Saturday. Well, you mentioned there uh, Grace Karholski, a finalist, uh, uh, K.K. Arnold, a finalist for the Miss Basketball Award, and maybe that's a good chance to, to talk about that a little bit, or at least just make sure we mention uh, those finalists that were announced by the WBCA earlier this week. Six finalists for that prestigious Miss Basketball Award, sponsored by our good friends at Just a Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. They include, in alphabetical order, K.K. Arnold from Germantown, Macy Donarski from Aquinas, Grace Gerholski from Kettle Moraine, Juliana Wimet from Lakeland, Sophia Rampala from Union Grove, and Megan Schultz from New Berlin West. Uh, reminder that the winner of the Ms. Basketball Award will be announced at the state tournament, uh, likely on Saturday, uh, with a presentation there as well. Norb, you're uh, uh, involved with the WBCA and involved with the uh, Ms. Basketball uh, Award. Um, you know, just any comments or, or thoughts on the finalists that were announced earlier this week? Well, it's a really good list. And, you know, it's a lot of years you're probably not going to see, especially the high level talent you have here when you have, you know, anytime you have KK Arnold on a list, it's high level talent. And, you know, a lot of other years, um, it, it'd be a clear favorite for Grace Kroholski. So it's, it's some really individual high end talent. And then you got kids that like Macy, Macy Donarski, who, you know, regularly gets to the state tournament. Uh, Julie, Juliana Omet, she is, you know, puts up crazy numbers across the board. So there's, you know, just loads of great individual talent. So it's going to be very exciting to see who comes out on top of that. All right, let's move on to division two. Uh, the, uh, the action there are uh, sectional one matchups, Menominee versus Toma. You have new London against Lakeland. In sectional two, it's Notre Dame taking on Fox, Fox Valley Lutheran. Cedarburg against Grafton. Sectional three features Monona Grove facing off against McFarland and Union Grove uh, taking on Waukesha West. Finally, sectional four, Pius against Tosa East and Pewaukee against Martin Luther. Norm, take us through division two, what we've seen so far, what we're looking forward to, uh, and anything uh, noteworthy uh, as, we, uh, as we get ready for those games tonight. Yeah, we're looking at here uh, Menominee, uh, you know, they get the seven seed Toma who got through that regional play. Uh, Menominee, you know, they reached the state tournament last season. They lost uh, a few kids from that team, but they're still playing some outstanding ball. You know, they still got the one seed there. Um, I'd say that the matchup that's better here in the, the sectional one is probably New London. Lakeland, New London, New London, you know, regularly plays great defense. Uh, team led by Lizzie Steingraber. She's uh, headed to St. Thomas. Minnesota. Um, but I think that the duo between the, we met 
sister Juliana and Christina is going to be difficult. And then when you mix in uh, a sailor Timmerman, who uh, is doesn't get a lot of credit on that team because of uh, the, the two we met sisters. But, uh, you know, they, they have an outstanding team that is trying to get over the hump. Um, and I think that would set up a very good matchup between Lakeland and Menominee in a sectional final. As we move to sectional two here, you know, it's Notre Dame's uh, the cream of the crop, you know, two-time defending Division II state champion, trying to make it three consecutive. And they're the clear favorites, uh, um, obviously, here um, it, against Fox Valley Lutheran. Fox Valley Lutheran probably just doesn't have enough weapons uh, uh, to handle that defense that that Notre Dame has. Gracie Grash, uh, Trista Feda, and company just so talented on both ends of the floor. Uh, last year, I believe that was a big-time blowout. I'm not sure that Fox Valley Lutheran even got to 20 points last year, to be honest. Um, Cedarburg Grafton, though, that one should be very exciting. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Grafton knocked off uh, Beaver Dam in, in a regional final. Um, both of those games were were relatively close this year, so I would probably say it's going to be another close, close one. And, you know, it's very tough to beat a team three times in the way that Grafton's rolling. You know, they could easily come – uh, go over to there to Port Washington and knock off uh, Cedarburg. Uh, but Cedarburg certainly has the talent. There's a reason why they finished second in the North Shore. Uh, they're led by Reagan Paul, who's going to University of Denver, uh, outstanding player there. And they also, um, you know, get a scoring from a number of others as well. But uh, uh, that one should be a very, uh, very interesting matchup. I see Cedarburg coming out on top of that one, though. As we head to sectional threes, this one probably is the most exciting Um out of the four sectionals, in my opinion, uh, Monona Grove, McFarland, that's a rematch that we had earlier this year. McFarland won it by two points. And here we actually have a, a contest between two female coaches, which is exciting. Uh, Monona Grove, Bree Murphy, and McFarland with Sarah uh, Mullaney. Uh, but I, I would I give the edge here to McFarland. Uh, Big reason because T, uh, Sarah's daughter, Tegan Mullaney, uh, just an outstanding talent from the junior class, over 24 points per game. And, you know, in a game last uh, on Saturday against Reedsburg, she scored the first six points of the game for McFarland and then kind of got in a bit of foul trouble. Um, but, you know, those other players from McFarland really stepped up in that contest and she finished with 17. So I think that's a good sign moving forward because, it, yeah, you can get 24 from her or maybe even more. But anytime you can get, you know, limited points from your best player and still come out on top of against a good Reedsburg team, uh, that's going to uh, do well moving forward. Uh, but that Union Grove Waukesha West, this is a rematch from earlier in the year. And Union Grove's had had Waukesha West number the past couple of years. Uh, it was a 12 point game at the start of the season last year in uh, sectional play. Union Grove won that contest. I am taking Waukesha West in this one, though. I think they just have a little bit more uh, more depth than Eugene Grove has. Eugene Grove, very strong at the top with Sophia Rampula. She's the Miss Basketball finalist. But when you're talking about Waukesha West with Annika Hellendrung, you got Caden Crone, you got Maddie Anderson and company. And I just think that the depth there and just the scoring ability that they have is going to set them up set them above and, and get a chance to, you know, potentially play McFarland in that sectional final. And as we move to sectional four here, you know, Pius who always gets, it seems to a sectional play and uh, maybe has a bit of an easier path than, you know, the other side uh, that Pewaukee has, but, you know, Wabatosa East has played very good basketball this year, a young team that, you know, with 10 losses playing in the greater Metro, you know, you're going to take a few lumps. They did have a, a nice win over Monona Grove uh, toward the end of the season. That's that's really showed that they're a team to watch in the in the tournament. Um, do think Pewaukee, just because of, you know, just who Pewaukee, uh, who Pius is, excuse me, um, led by, you know, Coach Scott Herrick. He's headed into the WBCA Hall of Fame. They just find ways to win, and I think that's what's going to happen on Happened tonight in Pewaukee. I think they're a big time favorite against Martin Luther uh, to set up that that possible uh, rematch against uh, Pius, who they beat twice this season. Uh, but you know, when you get to the sectional play, we'll see what happens. But you know, that scoring that Pewaukee has, uh, G Giselle Janowski, uh, Amy Terry, and Anna Terry and company, uh, they shoot the three so well, they defend so well that that makes them a very tough team to beat in the postseason. I should have asked this question when we were talking Division One, and, and maybe I'll follow up when we're when we're done here. But in Division Two, 
who's had the toughest road to get to the sectional play? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Oh gosh. I don't know that I have, uh, you know, it could just be Grafton. We'll, we'll just say Grafton just because, you know, you have to play against a team that, that always gets to sectional play. So sometimes it's, it's more of, you know, uh, those ghosts that, that haunt you more than the team itself, because, uh, teams that know how to win, find ways to win. And those teams are very hard to beat. So I'll just go graft in there just because it's so difficult to beat Beaver Dam, not only beating Beaver Dam, but beating Beaver Dam at Beaver Dam. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's circle back to division one and I'll give you a chance to, to, to change gears since we go from talking D2 to D1. Um, but in division one, uh, you mentioned there's a couple lower seeded teams, seven seeds, uh, Wausau West and Kimberly that have advanced, which means that they beat, you know, a higher seeded team at, at one point. Um, who in Division One do you think would have had the toughest path to get to sectionals? Is it Kimberly that would have beaten Sheboygan North in a, a fairly close game and then beaten a pretty good Homestead team? Yeah, I think I go with uh, with Kimberly there. I, I I do think Oregon uh, played some good teams. They they knocked off some Prairie West. You know, not not a ranked team, but they they were ranked early in the year. But I think when you're talking about Kimberly knocking off a Homestead team that had been ranked all season, I, I give them the the nod there. Um, you know, Wausau West also in the mix there. But I think the path was a little bit stronger, a little bit more difficult for Kimberly. All right. Well, let's move on. We'll move on to Division. Three, where we start getting into uh, some of the smaller schools around the state of Wisconsin. And of course, Division Three is um, a, a division that I don't know if it's as much in the girls' side, but on the boys' side, a lot of times, you know, we see teams that uh, that get to this point or do well that are playing some of those tougher schedules that play up a little bit more sometimes. They'll play Division Two teams uh, occasionally, um, as opposed to some of the Division Three teams that drop down and play a lot of D four teams. Uh, so. You know, that, that can come into play sometimes in Division Three, But in Division Three, sectional number one, you've got undefeated Somerset, or excuse me, not undefeated, a uh, top-seeded Somerset taking on St. Croix Falls. And then the other matchup, Elk Mound against West Salem. Freedom faces off against Wrightstown for the third time this year. Oosberg takes on Kewaskum in another sectional two battle. Sectional three finds Prairie to Sheen facing off against Platteville for a third time. Lake Mills against Wapan in a uh, rematch of a overtime or double overtime game from uh, from earlier this year. Finally, sectional four, Dominican facing off against Milwaukee Academy of Science and Racine Lutheran taking on Jefferson. And, and that sectional four, interesting because Jefferson is into sectional play despite a losing record this year. Um, but a little bit of a drop-down effect, a little bit of a weaker sectional advances them into sectional semifinal play. Norb, looking at Division Three, what uh, what are your takes? What are we looking at in Division Three? You know, you hit it right on the head as before you uh, went off with the the previews here. Uh, the, division Three, I think, is the most difficult division year in and year out because of of those teams that play up, the teams that maybe play down, and now we're kind of just finding ourselves in the middle a little bit and just matching these teams up. You know where you know it. To start the started out here in sectional one, Somerset got the one seed with six losses. You know they're playing a better schedule than, uh, in the NBC than St. Croix Falls did in in the Han. But uh, St. Croix Falls won their meeting fifty-seven to forty-four at the start of the season, and uh, St. Croix Falls ended up with a three seed. I believe in in my initial preview, I even put St. Croix Falls as the favorite, despite getting the three seed there. There, you know, they reached the state tournament last year, and they've they've won games that have proven that, uh, you know, they could, you know, could have got the one or two seed in that sectional. Um, so I look for for them to come out on top on that one. Um, that Elk Mound West Salem, I mean, that's another one of those where West Salem, I think, probably plays a little bit better talent. Although Elk Mound, you know. They had a really good season so far. So that one it could be a very good matchup as well. Um, I just think West Salem is just going to have a little bit too much firepower uh, for, for Elkbound to handle in that contest, uh, which sets up that West Salem uh, potentially against St. Croix Falls in a sectional final. Heading over to sectional number two, uh, you know, I, Freedom uh, rolled past Wrightstown, and I don't see that uh, changing in this, this uh, sectional semifinal. Uh, just, you know, the depth and defense of freedom, Sadie uh, Jamorowitz, 
uh, outstanding uh, senior for them headed to Winona State. They also have Riley Murphy. Uh, she shoots the three ball really well. Um, you know, they're just a very strong team that doesn't have that extremely high level. Of, you know, they don't have a division one player on their team, but, you know, they're a steady team that always plays good defense. And those teams tend to win in the postseason. And the other matchup there in sectional number two is uh, is Oostburg and Kewaskum. Again, Oostburg, you know, they play a lot of uh, division four teams and, you know, now they got to deal with division three. Um, you know, they they did, you know play very well against some of those bigger opponents this season. I think Kewaskum has just played uh, just better talent, East Central Conference. They, you know, they, they beat uh, Wapon once this season. Kewaskum, uh, they they played uh, Freedom early in the year as well. That was, a, I believe, a close loss. So that kind of sets up a potential rematch between uh, Kewaskum and Freedom, in my opinion, in that sectional final. And as we head to sectional three, and as we talked about in that initial uh, uh, postgame podcast this sectional is a, is the top one in division three um it's it's where it seems like that the state champion seems to always come out of we have a rematch here um prairie to sheen platteville prairie to sheen won both of those meetings the second being a six-point game i was at the first one of those two meetings i you know i think prairie to sheen probably just still has a little bit too much for platteville kind of had their number right now and prairie to sheen's a team that's reached a uh, sectional play um for the, for the last number of years, they're always a team that's right on the edge of getting to the state tournament. So I think they have a little bit too much firepower there, uh, led by Ashlyn Knapp. She's headed to UW Oshkosh, um, Platteville, uh, Cameron Neese. Uh, she's going to Whitewater. Uh, good to see some of those kids staying home and, and you know, maybe trying to get a, a national title in Division III. Um, The other matchup, though, this one's the big one, in my opinion. Blake Mills, Wapon. They played early in the year, as uh, you mentioned. They played at the Watertown Holiday Shootout. Uh, Lake Mills won that game in double overtime. Uh, LaPond didn't shoot the ball all that great in that game. Uh, that was some foul trouble. Now, Lake Mills is an outstanding game, outstanding team uh, led by Bella Pita. Uh, she had, I believe it was 30 points and uh, 26 or something rebounds in that win over Wapon. So uh, I think it would take another uh, one of those big time con uh, big time games from Bella uh, to get uh, Wapon in that contest, just because uh, Wapon's a defending division three state champion. And I know they lost some, some outstanding players from last year's team, uh, but Kale Peterson, Marquette recruit, um, she's dynamic uh, over 21 points per game. Um, then you have Lydia Alzma, who's playing very well for them, over 14 points per game for them. And Gracie Kopalan, um, who's been playing very good at the point guard position. Uh, when they've kind of ran into problems, they, it, it's a lot to do with maybe some fall trouble and some of that to do with Gracie. So she can stay out of fall trouble. I do think they come out on top of that. And I think if they can they can get off uh, get over the hump uh, against Lake Mills, uh, that really sets up a really exciting matchup against Prairie du Chien in a sectional final. And as we head to sectional four here, um, you know, definitely not as strong as some of the other sectionals. I think the big game here is is uh, Dominican Milwaukee Academy of Science. I think that's the big one. Um, you know, uh, Dominican reached the state tournament last year. Milwaukee Academy of Science always seems to be right on the edge of you know, enough talent to get there. It's just a matter of can they put that 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 game together completely um, and and uh, knock off a team. They seem to, you know, have problems usually in a regional final sectional area against some of those teams that have a little bit more depth than them. But uh, that Dominican-Milwaukee uh, Academy of Science game should be very exciting. Some really good talent on both ends. Uh, so it, it really, while we do have Racine Lutheran and Jefferson, both teams with uh, double-digit losses, who, you know, could sneak their way into the state tournament. Um, I just think that Dominican and Milwaukee Academy of Science are at a, just at a different level than, than those other two clubs. All right, and we should uh, certainly add that, um, as a reminder to everyone out there, all of these games and sectionals are at neutral sites. Uh, the, the neutral sites are set, obviously, for tonight. They uh, have a pretty good idea of where games will, will be played on Saturday, but uh, sometimes do change or wait or adjust based on, um, you know, what actually happens and what teams are playing. It's a delicate balance, uh, as we've, we've talked about before. And, you know, every year, my, my whole thing is you're playing 
in a state quarterfinal to go to the state tournament, there should be no complaints about how far you have to travel for that game at a sectional final level. Um, but you can find all of those sectional locations. You can find game times because on Saturday, there's some games that will start earlier in the day at one or two o'clock. There's some that'll be three, four o'clock, some that'll be seven o'clock. So you're going to want to make sure you check out wisports.net to find the information, the, the, game location, the game time, if there's been any changes, uh, certainly you want to pay attention closely to uh, to those. You can find all the final scores at Wisports.net. You can find Norbert's breakdowns at WSN as well. Norbert, before we move on to Division Four, let's uh, let's ask that question in Division Three as well. Who's had the toughest road to get to this point so far out of the Division Three sectional teams? Toughest pass path so far. Oh gosh. It it might be Platteville. I mean, I know they're I know they're a three seed, but that sectional is is tough. They they snuck out <laughs> excuse me. They snuck out a one a win against Ed uh against Edgewood. I believe that was on a late uh late game shot, uh a three-point shot there by Lizzie Poehler. Um but you could also maybe you know come down and and just just based on the the seed anyway and say Jefferson but you know I do think that Jefferson had a much easier path again that sectional isn't quite uh as strong and oh and, excuse me I did not mention that Platteville all, uh, also beat Edgerton who had been ranked in the top five the majority of the year and Edgerton also has a win over Lake Mills so um you know I I think that it was Platteville even though you know again getting a three seed and having a tough path but that's what happens when you play in a very strong sectional all right, well, let's make the move to Division 4. Before we do that, though, let's remind you again to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. And a big thank you to the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for not only sponsoring our WSN podcast, but also sponsoring our playoff coverage for boys and girls basketball at wisports.net. Moving on to Division 4, where in Section 1, we have Phillips taking on Colfax and Nielsville, unbeaten, facing off against Fall Creek. Sectional 2 features St. Mary Catholic against Westfield and Bonduel taking on Michicot. Sectional 3 finds heavyweight Aquinas going against Bangor and New Glarus against Cuba City. Laconia versus Witten, excuse me, Winnebago Lutheran in Sectional 4, along with the Prairie School and Random Lake. Norm Division Four is one that uh, there's a couple of undefeated teams left. There's uh, you know some pretty highly regarded teams like Aquinas, who spent most of the year at number one, even though they have a loss. We've got St. Mary Catholic as a one-loss team. Pretty deep field in Division Four, which creates some pretty interesting matchups here at the sectional level in Division Four girls basketball. Yeah, Division Four's uh, been a division that has seen a lot of those, you know, undefeated or really long winning streaks as we get to the end of the season. Just a really good division for for outstanding talent across the state. You know, it's it, it's been there, and you know, when you have Aquinas, you have the old Cuba City. You know, you have uh, Mineral Point. You got those teams that are annually really good. So that really just makes it. Makes it fun for the division, but also very difficult for some of those other teams, especially as we get to this part of the season. But um, as we look at these these matchups and sectional semis, uh, Phillips and Colfax, uh, you know, Colfax, six losses, but I think their defense is just going to be a little bit too much for Phillips. Phillips is a high scoring team um, and Colfax just, you know, if they find ways to win, they're just one of those programs, again, that that knows how to win and. As we look at the the uh, the other matchup in their in their sectional, Nielsville, you know they're twenty six and zero. They reached a state tournament last season. They play Fall Creek and Fall Creek, uh, you know they may have a nice run, uh, but again that uh, the way Nielsville plays defense and the way they can just you know slow down a game if they need to. Sometimes they'll play a little bit faster, but usually it's more of that slow down game if they need to to beat one of those uh, stronger opponents just to. Uh, clamp down on defense. So that makes it difficult for the opponents. And that could set up a, a an exciting sectional final, you know, uh, Colfax and Neilville, they've uh, faced each other plenty of times in the postseason in recent years. So that could be an exciting them, exciting one there. As we head to sectional number two, the big one here is, is the sectional semis. In my opinion, uh, St. Mary Catholic, uh, just one loss against Westfield who only has one loss. Uh, 
St. Mary Catholic lost theirs near the start of the season, whereas Westfield lost to Laconi at uh, about the middle part of the season. Uh, should be a really exciting contest. Uh, Westfield's reached a state tournament the last two seasons. I think they have, uh, you know, I, I give Westfield the edge here. Um, just, a, I think, a little bit better overall, um, led by Carly Drew, uh, Hattie Shawin. Um, but, you know, the way St. Mary Catholic plays, uh, Chloe Vogel has been playing very well, her, her sister Emily, uh, and uh, Audrey Norville is shooting the three ball really well for them. So I think it's a very, uh, very Somewhat even matchup, but I think just the way Westfield's played this year, uh, I think I give them the edge. And, you know, it could be about a 10-point game, even in my opinion, in that contest. But uh, as we head to the other other matchup in the sectional, Bonduel and Michigan. Bonduel's reached uh, this part of the the uh, uh, postseason a number of times recently. Michigan, not that long away from reaching uh, the state tournament and and raising up the gold ball. Um, two teams that can definitely win basketball games. And, you know, this one's kind of a toss-up. I, I give the edge to Bonduel here. But, you know, that could really set up an interesting sectional final where, you know, I do think that the clear favorite is the winner of St. Mary Catholic and Westfield. But, you know, uh, Bonduel and Michicot, they know how to win basketball games. So that could be an exciting contest. As we head to sectional three, you know, the, the big favorite's Aquinas. Aquinas has not lost to an in-state opponent this season. They've won 24 straight games. You know, they beat some really good teams. They beat Lake Mills. Uh, you know, they play in the MVC, a larger league. And they beat uh, uh, Bangor by 40. So I really don't see that contest being all that close, to be honest. Um, but as we head to the other other uh, game in that section, New Glarus in Cuba City, New Glarus is undefeated, uh, playing outstanding ball, Uh you know, it's they're led by Lindsey Shadewalt, a uh, big time score, nearly 24 points per game, can really shoot the three. They also defend really well, too. Um, I got a chance to see them play early in the year against Mineral Point. And Mineral Point, you know, they just got knocked off recently. I believe it was New Glarus that got them. Uh, but uh, New Glarus is a really good team. And, you know, this could be, this is a tough matchup for Cuba City, but, you know, they have a really good, strong uh, point guard play in Olivia Olsen, a little bit younger than uh, New Glarus. So I think that's part of the challenge in that contest. And, you know, I think a New Glarus versus Aquinas uh, sectional final, um, while Aquinas certainly will be the favorite, oh, that could be a very exciting matchup just, just because I think both of the teams match up pretty well on the floor. It's just a matter always when you play Aquinas, can you handle the pressure? Uh, the pressure they bring, uh, you know, the, the entire game, and that's what makes it very challenging, challenging for their opponents, especially when you have really good point guard play for Macy, Macy Donarski, you know, um, and company. They're just a very strong team. And in sectional four, uh, we get a rematch here. Laconia, Winnebago, Lutheran, uh, they split their regular season meetings. And uh, with uh, Winnebago Lutheran winning the second of the two, Laconia just played a very, very strong schedule this year. You know, they've, they've, you know, they do have three losses, but there's not many teams in division four that have played uh, better opponents throughout the year. They have a win over Grafton. Uh, they beat Martin Luther. Both of those teams are in sectional playing division two. And, uh, you know, they have really good depth. Um, they're, they're a team that, you know, they have six or seven kids that can score and that that's what makes them so challenging. Whereas Winnebago Lutheran, it's more of a, um, three players doing the majority of the scoring, but they proved that they can do it that way because they've already knocked off uh, Laconia once this year. Really sets up a fun and exciting matchup in that uh, sectional semi. And then the other sectional um, semi in sectional number four, uh, the Prairie School, I believe, is a clear favorite against Random Lake. Random Lake uh, gets to a sectional play with 11 losses. The Prairie School, you know, they're led by J.J. Barnes. A uh, high division one level talent over 20 points per game. You know, they've also played some really good teams. They one of their losses to Union Grove. Uh, they also had one loss to Dominican, who's in sectional playing division three. Um, you know, they're they're certainly a team that uh uh can breeze through that contest, in my opinion, and which would set up a very, very exciting matchup. Uh, the Prairie School and Laconi in a sectional final, where you know, I think you could uh it could go either way in that contest, but uh, um, it could be very exciting. And that's why this time of the year is so, is so enjoyable because you get the matchups that maybe we've talked about since initially those brackets came out. 
you know, in the spring. So this is the time of year that's the best because instead of just talking about the games, we can go out and watch them and see who's going to come out on top. A great, great time of the year. And as much as we love the state tournament, as much as we love conference games, there's something different and special and unique about sectional games. Um, you know, you're you're at a neutral site. It feels big. It feels substantial. But you're not in a huge, you know, arena like the Rush Center or the Cole Center. You're in a more intimate environment. The bands are going crazy. The fans are going crazy. Um, it's packed generally. It's it's just different. And uh, you know, when you get a chance to play in a sectional, obviously, you know, hopefully people are going out and supporting their team and, and taking advantage of that and feeling that atmosphere. But um, if if you're team hasn't been to sectionals for a while or if you're you know haven't followed them when they have and, and you can get out and take in a, a a different sectional game maybe than one that you're connected to certainly recommend it if you can get tickets because a lot of times it can be difficult to get a ticket to sectional games uh certainly check it out when available because again it's it's such a different atmosphere and a different environment than you see during the rest of the season and when you what you see at the state tournament. Well, Norb, we'll put you on the hot seat and put you on the spot again. And hopefully uh, you've, you've had a little bit of a time to digest it now. Um, toughest road so far in division four, where we've, I mean, we've seen a lot of chalk. Let's be honest. Yeah, with this point. A lot of ones and two seats here. So there's it. you know, I guess we'll just go Michigan just because uh, they did beat a very good Crandon team who I believe only had one loss heading into that matchup. Um, you know, Crandon might not have played as strong as a uh, competition as some of those other teams played this season, but they usually do. Um, so it's, you know, but when it's pretty chalky, it's kind of tough to say that because I think everybody won that kind of probably should have been winning. And so it, we'll just go Michigan. All right. That takes us to division five, the smallest schools in the state of Wisconsin, where as we talked about uh, in our preview, the defending state champion is not in Division Five. As the Randolph Rockets, last year's champs, moved up to Division Four, they lost to uh, was it Winnebago Lutheran Correct. in regional play. Um, so Randolph not going to repeat as a state champion even in Division Four. So Division Five wide open and in our matchups in Division Five in Sectional One, you've got South Shore taking on Siren in Prairie Farm against McDonald Central. Sectional Two features Assumption versus Edgar. Wabina Leona against Sevastopol. Sectional three finds Blair Taylor, the top seed, facing off against Hillsborough, coached by my good friend and neighbor, Scott Egan. And uh, the other game there, Belmont versus Kickapoo. That game's at Richland Center. Sectional four finds Albany, an undefeated team, facing off against uh, one of the, the powerhouses in girls basketball in the state of Wisconsin, Barneveld, led by a freshman, Isabel Durst. No relation, I assume. Uh, if it is, it's very distant. Okay. Um, and the final game there, Lourdes Academy against Oakfield. So wide open division five, no defending state champion. We do have a few favorites that we've talked about and that you identified before the playoffs in our, uh, in our preview, but let's break down division five in girls basketball, sectional semifinals and sectional play Norm. Yeah. The first one here, uh, South shore siren, you know, South shore coming out of the Indian head, Indian Head just isn't quite, in my opinion, as strong as is what the Lakeland's been this year. Uh, I believe Siren is 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 going to come out on top of that one. But uh, Lily Trushan is a very good player for South Shore, headed to UW Stevens Point, over 20 points per game. Uh, I just think Siren's been, like I said, played a little bit better talent and is going to come out on top of that contest. Uh, the other matchup in sectional one, uh, this is the big one, in my opinion, Prairie Farm undefeated. Versus McDonald Central um, uh, has five losses, but they've been playing very good ball at this point of the year. And, you know, as we've talked about, McDonald Central has reached the state tournament the last two seasons. And, you know, they they do play better teams throughout the year playing in the Clover Belt. Uh, they got to play in Nielsville twice. That's two of their losses. So, I mean, when you're talking about uh, playing elite level talent, McDonald Central has done that. Um, but Prairie Farm. They went out and played some pretty good teams this year as well, and I think that's going to help make this contest very exciting. I believe it was maybe a 10-point game when the teams played last year. I could be wrong on that, but uh, 
I really look for this one to be very exciting. So if you're in that area and looking for a game, uh, that game's going to be in Chippewa Falls. So that's also maybe a bit of a benefit for McDonald Central, less travel for them. Um, but uh, definitely an out outstanding sectional semifinal that that is going to be uh, exciting for those that attend that contest. As we head to sectional number two, uh, my my uh, favorite in Division Five, Assumption, gets to play Edgar, who they've uh, already beat twice this season, uh, both by you know nearly identical records, uh, um, identical scores. Excuse me, uh, 46-34 and 46-35 in those contests. Assumption's defense is just the difference. Uh, the way they bring it. Um, night in and night out with a number of kids where, whereas Edgar is maybe, you know, a little bit more of a, a post team where Reagan Borchardt um, has put, been playing very good for them, nearly 19 points per game. I just think the depth of assumption and the defensive assumption, Sarah Shaw could be back. I haven't heard an update on her uh, dealing with a shoulder injury, but when you have Anna Schooley, uh, been playing very well for them. Jordan Jaglinski, a freshman, shooting the ball outstanding, has been huge for them recently. Again, just that depth that Assumption has, I think, is going to be the difference in that contest. And the other matchup in sectional number two, Wabino Leona and Sevastopol. Uh, Wabino Leona, they got the one seed uh, with seven losses. They went out and played a lot of very good teams, and you know that did lead to some losses. Uh, one of those was an early season loss to Assumption. I believe it was by less than five points. Whereas Sevastopol uh, playing out of the Packerland, that league just hasn't quite been what it's been in the past. And that's probably what led, you know, to a two seed. But again, in this point, it really doesn't matter. The game's going to be played at Cribbits. Um, But, you know, that one really sets up things interesting. You got a team that's got probably a little bit more depth in, in Wabino Leona, played better talent throughout the year. But, you know, Sevastopol, uh, barely Ricola. She's averaging over 16 points per game. You know, when you only lose one game all year, I mean, you're doing something right. So that really is going to be an exciting matchup to see who maybe could come out on top of that and, and have a chance to play an assumption uh, potentially if they can knock off Edgar. As we head to sectional three, um, you know, you, you already mentioned this one and uh, having your neighbor being the coach at uh, Hillsborough, Scott Egan. Uh, this one's a very exciting one here because Hillsborough is a team out of the uh, scenic bluffs. Um, you know, they played some good teams. They have a win over McDonald Central er earlier in the year. And Blair Taylor maybe showed a little bit of their ability to be beat when they lost to Alma Center Lincoln. But their guard play is is outstanding. Uh, Lindsey Steen, uh, Abby Thompson, those two are outstanding. Whereas Hillsborough is a little bit, uh, you know, they have Violet Moran, who is a 6'4 forward. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who can get the edge in, in Temple in that game because Blair Taylor is going to want to get out and run, and Hillsboro probably going to want to slow it down a bit and, and keep that Temple on their end so they can uh, uh, be in the right position to come out on top of that contest. But that one should be very good. And as we look at the other matchup in sectional three, I think this one could be another outstanding contest. We have Belmont who, you know, they've went out and played some really good teams, 22-5 uh, and five record, and Kickapoo out of the Ridge and Valley, 22-5 and five record. They played some very good teams in the non-conference as well. Again, the Ridge and Valley maybe not as strong as we've seen in the past. Uh, so I give the edge here to Belmont just because of the, the teams they've played, and I think their depth is really good. Uh, both teams have very good depth. I just think Belmont's probably played a little bit better teams and probably has a little bit better depth than what uh, Kickapoo has, but... You know, that could be set up a very exciting uh, sectional final, regardless of who comes out of, of either of those uh, those games, just because there's, you know, teams that have played very good teams all year. So it, it could go either way when you get to sectional play. And as we get into sectional four for Division five, you have undefeated Albany. Um, you know, they're one of four unbeaten teams left in the state. Um, them and Prairie Farm are, are the two unbeaten teams in Division five. You know, you kind of wonder if they, if if uh, Albany's played um, enough challenge games throughout the year. Uh, but when you're winning games, I mean, what what are you supposed to do besides win your games? And that's what they've done all year. And uh, they beat uh, Barnavelt, who they play by three points the first time, and then blew them out the second time. Um, so that one uh, should again be an interesting one, just because again you got to beat a team three times. Um, and Abby Hollis has been playing outstanding for Albany. As you mentioned, Isabel Durst for uh, Barneville, the freshman for them, averaging uh, nearly 13 points per game. Um, really been a difference maker for them this year to get to a sectional play. And as we look at the other sectional, uh, other uh, matchup in sectional four, 
you have uh, another rematch here. Um, Lords Academy, Oakfield. Lords Academy won both of those meetings. First one by uh, 28 points. The second one was a little closer, 13-point win for them. Uh, again, they're just uh, – Lords Academy's playing very good basketball. Um, they shoot the three ball really well. Uh, in the sectional uh, – excuse me, regional final against Wild Rose, I think it was 17 for 29 from three. And, you know, there's not many teams that make 17 threes in a game, let alone shoot it that well. So, I mean, you're shooting the ball that well. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat Lords Academy. Again, they're a team that goes out there and plays good opponents. One of their losses against St. Mary Catholics. So definitely not shying away from that uh, high level talent. Um, so it, it could really set up an interesting sectional final, potentially Albany Lords Academy and uh, uh, to set up that 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 game to get to the state tournament. All right. We made it through all five divisions, Nor. But before we wrap up with Division 5, um, again, remind everyone out there that you can find where these games are located uh, and being played. You can find the game times. Not so much for tonight. Everything's, I believe, at 7 o'clock, right? Yeah, everything's 7 tonight. Everything's 7 o'clock tonight. But there will be differences in game times on Saturday. Some might be at 1 o'clock. Some might be at 4. Some might be at 7 o'clock. And they'll also move some things around based on if teams have uh, schools have boys basketball and girls basketball teams competing together. If there's any yeah, hockey let's, let's championship sure games, this is three games. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's get Norb that triple. Um, a one o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock would be perfect. Yes, please. So, uh, I don't know what Milwaukee area schools are hosting this year for sectional finals, but uh, I'm guessing that's probably the most likely setup for you to get to three games. It's somewhere in the Milwaukee suburbs, right? That's that's what it's been in the past, anyway. Um, so again, find all of that information, where games are, what times are at Wisports.net. You can follow us at Wisports.net on uh, on Twitter. You can follow Norb at Norbert Durst on Twitter to get all of the information, to get final scores as soon as they go final. We'll be tweeting them out with uh, you know what teams have clinched playoff or excuse me state tournament spots. Um, so make sure you're checking all of that out. But Norb, before we move on completely from Division Five. Anyone that stands out as having played the, the the toughest schedule have have the toughest path to get here to the uh, the excuse me to the uh, sectionals where all of the one seeds have advanced, most of the two seeds have advanced, and there really isn't necessarily that Cinderella team in Division Five. Yeah, again, pretty chalky like Division Four, but I'll go with Edgar being a two seed because uh, I think uh, it could have easily been Athens having that two seed, but maybe that's the difference in how. Edgar got to sectional play, you know, getting that home game in a regional final, um, beating a very good Athens team that that is one of the teams to knock off assumption this year. All right. Um, I won't I won't put you on the spot too hard and, and make you pick, you know, if you had the WSN helicopter fired up that uh, we're getting for Mark Miller next year so he can go to South Shore. <laughs> uh, you know, what what game you would go to if if everything was uh equal or or whatever um but do you have uh, your plan for tonight do you know which game you are going to go to for this evening i have not made my decision yet tonight but it's uh it, it could be a division five game it potentially belmont kickapoo or or possibly blair taylor and hillsborough one of those two contests i think is at the top of my list right now but i like i said i still haven't made my decision kind of just figuring out what i want to do saturday as well all right. Well, now that uh, everybody listening to this knows that Norm is still up in the air on where he is uh, is going, um, he takes bribes, right? Like <laughs> T-shirts, hats, a gift card, like throw something at him to get him to go to your game. Absolutely. Promises uh, on, on Twitter, whatever it might be. Um, you can you can still influence and convince Norb where he's going to go tonight. So uh, maybe... Uh, I don't know who's who's in it still that would have. Oh well, Nuglaris has good cheese. Anybody, anybody else that would have some good cheese they could bring here or something. I don't. I don't know. Well, the cheese part, I can. I usually pretty handy with that being a farm kid myself. But uh, there's maybe other things that would be in line. All right, something to well, cheese, Norb, like you said. Yeah, hit Norb up <laughs> if you want him to go to your game tonight as he makes that decision. Still a chance. Um, yep. Yep. Um. Norb, what else? Uh, what else do we need to check out? What else do we need to hit on before we uh, get things wrapped up for today? 
uh, as we are, again, into sectional semifinals tonight and sectional finals on Saturday. You know, just uh, making sure to go out and watch a game. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest thing. Uh, go support if you're, you know, part of a team. Go support your team. If, you know, if you want to get out and watch some really good games, I mean, there's there's plenty of games across the state, no matter where you're at, to watch a game. Um, you know, the FEA, as we talked about all year, is really strong. Um, when I did that recap, um, uh, three, four teams had, uh, uh, our four conferences had four teams still in sectional play, Big East, FVA, Greater Metro and Metro Classic. So, you know, there's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's flex your muscles a bit as far as, you know, who's the best conference in the state and, you know, across those divisions. But, you know, a lot of times you get to this time of the year and, and the proof's kind of in the pudding there as, as uh, FVA has, you know, really done very well in the postseason, which really isn't that big a surprise given how well, uh, th- how good those teams are top to bottom in that league. How, uh, how are your state tournament picks looking, by the way? Are all your state champs still alive? Anybody anybody that you lost along the way of your state tournament picks? I haven't even looked at mine that closely, to be no, honest with you. I think everyone is still alive. Yes, everyone is still alive, surprisingly, because usually I get to this point and, you know, you lose somebody at regional finals usually. But, yeah, I do have everyone still alive. So everything is looking pretty good still on my bracket. And what, uh, where, where are you at as far as prediction percent so far uh, on the on the daily picks? Uh, see, three twelve and forty six overall. So that's eighty seven percent overall uh, across all divisions. Uh, regional final picks that uh, was sixty seven for and uh, thirteen. So eighty five percent. I think I was a little bit better last year in those, but uh, um, overall still not doing too bad. All right. What I say, um, the higher seeded teams were 65 and 15. I think it was. Yeah. So better than the computer, Norb. Better than computer, at least. So I guess that's a plus. I mean, you know I that- did. I did do pretty good against him. I mean, not that it's all that surprising, but you know where those sectionals had some odd one seeds, and you know it's pretty easy to take the five seed and get uh, Jefferson. I think to a sectional play, just given the opponents they had to play. Well, I, I don't know if you know this, but now that means that you have to do all of the seeding next year. So, <laughs> right. I mean, that would be uh, quite fun, but I don't know if I want that many emails. <laughs> As I've said before, you could not pay us, enough, <laughs> or at, me, at least me, you could not pay me enough to do that, uh, whether it's football or basketball, whatever it is, um, regardless of how well I would do or do in daily picks or, or whatever, could pay me enough to do that and take on the hate that everybody has. We get hated on for, uh, for the seeds and everything um, enough as it is. And, and we're not even making those directly. So. All right. Well, uh, we, we've gone through a bunch today. Um, We, we want to make sure that, uh, that you do check out the uh, boys basketball preview we did with Mark Miller as well in our last WSN podcast that got big, big traffic. Um, I think the seeding talk that we did with Mark did a little bit of a deeper dive uh, in seeding at the beginning of that podcast uh, caught a lot of people's attention, but it was over, it was over two hours. It was two hours and 17 minutes or something like that. Norb, we're not going to hold you over that long for this one, but it's been, uh, it's been a good hour and uh, it's been a good hour of getting all kinds of insight and uh, analysis of the girls basketball sectionals and girls basketball in general. So certainly appreciate you doing that. Um, before we go though, Hey, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time to find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, Norb, it's weird to think that the next time we talk for the WSN podcast sometime next week, it's going to be state tournament week and we will know the matchups. We will know the seedings. We will know. Uh, who's playing in the girls' basketball state tournament set for the Rush Center next weekend, Thursday through Saturday. Uh, maybe that's one other reminder that we should uh, uh, remind everybody on. Teams will qualify on Saturday for the state tournament, but then the seating will not be completed until Sunday. They do run the uh, computer-seeded system through, uh, updated with results that have been played during the playoffs and see the teams one through four. So we will find out the matchups and the seedings sometime on Sunday, but uh, we will know the qualifiers on Saturday night. Uh, so yeah, Norb, it's, 
it's it's here. The end is nigh. Um, it's so cliche. You know, the season yeah. just goes by so fast, especially once we get to January. I mean, it's I know January for most people is like they talk about how long of a month it is. I mean, it's somewhat long, but I feel like it went by very quickly. And then February was even faster. Well, February is the shortest month of the year. It should be the fastest, right? Well, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is odd. Uh, there's 20 uh, games around the state, right? 20 games on uh you know, 40 games tonight, 20 games on Saturday, and then 16 games, no, 15 games next week. So, I mean, we're less than 75 games remain in the girls' basketball season, which is uh, which is weird to think. Um, but that will do it for today. We'll, we'll wrap things up. Again, uh, check out a, uh, a preview that we'll do of the girls' basketball state tournament on the podcast next week. Make sure you check out all of Norm's great work on WSN. But until then, this has been a WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. He's Norbert Durst. We'll see you at a game.